Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Phil Star. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And the world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email phctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. This is not hooked up to my radio. <laughs> For some reason, let's see if we can get it hooked up. Uh, output, let's see, the CD560. That's what we want. Wow, that's weird. Oh, well, good morning. Happy Wednesday, Wednesday. Happy freaking February. Not what's happening down there. That's crazy. Well, I hope you guys can hear me and the little theme song and the little ditty. Oh, yeah, something happened because I was asking Siri. Uh, how many days left till Christmas? And she's like, ah, something went wrong, Kim. I don't know what's happening, but I'm sorry. What's happening? Mm. Well. <laughs> Can you hear us now? How's it going, Grand Island? Silver Sister and family, how y'all doing? Um, how's it going? It's probably snowing like crazy out there. Anyway, Welcome. We say Wednesday, everybody. I'll see what's going on with this uh, record player thing and figure out why. Um, oh, interesting. It just doesn't want to um, doesn't want to do what I'm asking it to do this morning. It has a mind of its own. <laughs> That's all right. Welcome to We Say Wednesday, folks. Everything you ever wanted to know about we. <laughs> Just call it nicely, maybe it'll come hang out with you. Um, I know, there's a whole big discussion about, uh, you know, should we call it cannabis? Do we call it uh, marijuana? What do we call it? I say we call it deliciousness. (laughs) And we just use it without judging it. How's everybody doing out there? Got this little TV tray going right now. I'm very, very happy. Um, and I just hope I don't, like, knock it over or something, because that'd just be something I would do. Anyway, how is everybody? I can't believe it's freaking February. Yeah, totally. We're almost done with the year. <laughs> 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 
disaster of a pandemic. God, it's a rough one. Uh, Rowdy Jackson, uh, we are rooting for you. And your missus. I'm sorry you're going through this. Um, Silver Sister and Family, Reggae Ryan. i got to come up with some new names for the other ones. <laughs> we got a fan club out there. Um, I hope you guys are doing better. And uh, Organic Bone Broth. Seems to be the thing everybody's recommending these days. So get some of that, kids. I know you can't taste and smell, but drink some nutrition. It, it will help your body heal. Um, all right. So welcome to Weed Say Wednesday. We'd like to give Tumbleweeds Health Center a shout-out at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Woo-hoo. I got an email this morning from this uh, from our website that said, yay, you're doing better online. <laughs> and I just laughed because I try. <laughs> I try. I looked at our website, and it looks really great. So go check it out at www.tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. Check it out. There's all sorts of great information on there. Uh, let's see. Homepage. That's just what it is, kids. It's the homepage. So you can contact us right away, right there. Click the button, contact us. Um, voted Best Certification Center five years in a row. Thank you, everybody, for that. Super awesome. Doctors, uh, doctors are there Monday through Friday. Uh, open for business Monday through Saturday. And this year, we're going to turn 10. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> 10. I remember when we we barely made 10 minutes. <laughs> might come back. <laughs> All right. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right. Let's see here. Uh, you can also get to the Arizona Department of Health Services patient portal. That's very important for all the med card holders out there, and we applaud you. For Stay medical. Uh, way better uh, rules and laws and protection, mostly way better protection. If you need to create your patient portal, it's right there. Click the button. Uh, if you need to log into your patient portals, right there, click the button. If you want to process your own application, although we're getting them done and they're being done the same day, and you come early enough in the morning, it's the state, because it doesn't take long to process. It's just a few minutes once you're gone. And uh, it, it shifts into the state of Arizona's hands at that point. And so um, it may take them longer, but it's certainly uh, not taking us long these days. So we've got to, we've got. Yeah, we've got you processed uh, same day, next day, even, you know, give it 24 hours at least so the state can uh, process it, upload it, do their thing, and then send you the email. And if you don't get your email right away, uh, please check your junk and spam because oftentimes it will go there. Uh, that we know. That happens to us all the time, too. So you guys, you constantly got to check your junk and spam. All right, so we're checking in with our own show. <laughs> But thank you, Skype. Um, that's how I'm getting in on my call these days. And thank you, Zoom. Uh, yeah, thank you, Zoom. Because we cheated our last call with, <clears throat> call with Zoom, and we actually had real-time conversations. It was really, uh, I didn't know how to, how to respond. <laughs> All right, 
also, you can check it out if you want to talk to us. You can see shoot us messages. There's the About Us section with uh, a little bit about uh, the owners and um, all of our awesome patient advocates. How to get certified, that's super simple. Um, you can book your appointment right there online with the button. Uh, and what conditions qualify you? And that would be PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, uh, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's disease, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. And you're also eligible for a medical cannabis card if you suffer from a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition or just the treatment of that chronic debilitating disease or medical condition that causes any of those conditions. You can get your card just because, you know, the medication you're on that's not even on that list of ailments, uh, you can get your card. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your healthy lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore. Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can fax your records over to 520-306-5147. Email thctucson at gmail.com, and we'll take care of you. We do telemedicine uh, for those that don't want to leave and your house or home or facility or can't, and we don't blame you. Um, All right. Let's let's read a little bit from um, this is Marijuana Goes Mainstream. Oh, and this is where we read our uh, what's legal in every state. But this is great. News of the weed, it's called. Uh, Here are some of the cannabis stories making headlines. All right. Here we go. (laughs) Martha enters the cannabis. (laughs) OG lifestyle guru Martha Stewart became the latest celeb to throw her clout into the booming cannabis industry with the launch of a namesake CBD uh, CBD line in September 2020. Quote, I was surprised to learn that while most people have heard of CBD, less than 20% of us have actually tried it, quote, Stewart said in a statement. Quote, for me, that signals a lot of opportunity to create beautiful, elevated products that help people live well. Ooh, gosh, and her little line looks really pretty pretty. (laughs) Maybe we'll have Martha Stewart come down to Tumbleweeds Health Center. Under the umbrella of the Canadian cannabis giant Cannabis Growth, Stewart's line includes gummies, oils, and gels, ranging in price from $30 to $40. 
The Martha Stewart Living Magazine founder says she was closely involved in development, which may explain why products feature gourmet natural flavors, including lemon, kumquat, blood orange, and huckleberry. Ooh. Um, <clears throat> she also plans to launch a line of CBD skincare products. That's it, you know, the older you get, the more you think about that crap. <laughs> you should think about it when you're young, says Steve Nicks. All right, Stewart was introduced to uh, execs at Canopy Growth by, of course, none other than Snoop Dogg, her friend and co-star on VH1's Martha and Snoop's Potluck Dinner Party. Uh, the rapper's lease by Snoop line of marijuana products has been a hit with Canopy since 2015, but Stewart isn't about to step on her pal's toes. In a company video, she joked, I'll leave the THC offerings to Snoop. <laughs> there you go. Every day is a discovery in this industry, and I am reading as much as I can, Stuart has uh, said about cannabis. All right. There we go. Go, Maddie. Go, Maddie. Go, Maddie. All right. I like it. Maddie. All right, here we go. Pandemic, uh, what pandemic cannabis sales soar? Well, there is a pandemic, but yes, cannabis sales are through the freaking roof. Man, recreational open, and there's a two to three hour wait uh, just to get recreational weed. What's up with that? And then you have to pay 25% tax on that? Mm. Uh, Wow, many retailers saw revenues plummet since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic in March 2020, global cannabis sales have risen to new highs. By the end of the year, sales are expected to reach $19.7 billion, an increase in more than 38% compared to 2019. According to figures from the uh, analytics company BDSA, the company predicts global cannabis sales will top $47 billion by 2025. Cannabis, quote, cannabis sales this year have swung widely in different states as a result of COVID-19. Uh, Roy uh, Bingham, co-founder and executive chairman of BDSA, said in a statement, in the U.S., where annual sales are expected to reach $34.5 billion by 2025, dispensaries were declared an essential business in many areas so they could remain open during shutdown. It proved a windfall for some, quote, Sales in many U.S. markets performed stronger than expected, resulting in upward forecast revisions for Colorado, Illinois, Michigan, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Oregon, uh, said Bingham. Alas, in places like Las Vegas, where they rely heavily on cannabis tourism, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I know that, uh, well, you're stuck at home, and you're more stressed out. For people that are already anxious, I mean, that's, you know, that's not a good thing. And then, you know, people are getting sick and dying, and, you know, it's not fun. It's not good. It's scary. It's uh, sad. And y'all take care of yourself. And, okay, uh uh-oh, up in smoke. Mm. Oh, we read some of this, didn't we? (laughs) I think we did because we talked about the original Pat Blue Ribbon. Um Hmm. Oh, what? Here we go. 
Um, so there is an, also a, a section on everything you wanted to know about Canna Basics, and I think we'll read a little bit about that. And then we're going to get to the Doug Fine story time. Yeah. <laughs> Marijuana use during pregnancy linked to psychosis in children. What? All right. Self-reported use by pregnant women went from 3.4% to 7% between 2002 and 2017. Expected women may want to pass instead of puff when the J comes around. A study published in JAMA Psychiatry in September found a link between marijuana use during pregnancy and psychotic behaviors in children. What? Yeah, we have to ask, what, what else was that mom on? Seriously, what the heck? A study <laughs> published in uh, JAMA Psychiatry in September found a link. Uh, the largest long-term study of brain development and child health in the United States, quote, the Adolescent Brain Cognitive Development, ABCD, study followed 11,489 children over several years and evaluated their behavior and cognitive patterns at age nine. Of the participants, 655 had been exposed to marijuana while in utero, according to statements of their of the biological mothers. When compared to the kids whose mothers had not used cannabis while pregnant, those who were exposed were significantly more likely to display psychotic-like behaviors and have weaker cognitive abilities, as well as more attention, social, and sleep difficulties. Uh, results remain significant even when adjusting for confounding variables. The negative effects were even more pronounced if the mother continued cannabis after uh, cannabis use after discovery, uh, discovering the pregnancy. Quote, this study suggests that prenatal cannabis exposure and its correlated factors are associated with greater risk for psychopathology during middle childhood. Study, uh, quote, Study authors wrote in their conclusion, cannabis use during pregnancy should be discouraged. Hmm. I don't know. We're going to have to have some doctors on and talk about that one. In fact, we are going to have some of our doctors and some friends on. And guess what? Weed Day Wednesday is turning nine. Holy cow. April. We turn nine the very first week of April. That's crazy. Okay, here's some promising news for pain management. Mm. One more reason to consider swapping opioids for weeds. There it is again, the opioids. Can't what? <laughs> Little old Cunningham. Um, <laughs> when it comes to pain management, a recent study by researchers at Canada's University of British Columbia uh, found that. Unlike opioid use, regular cannabis use didn't increase pain sensitivity. This study should <clears throat> come as good news to patients who are already using cannabis to treat pain, said Zach Walsh, Ph.D., an associate professor of psychology at UBC and one of the study's directors. Quote, increases in pain sensitivity with opioids can really complicate on an already tough situation given Increasing uptake in cannabis-based uh, pain medications, it's a relief that we didn't identify a similar pattern with cannabinoids, quote. Research, researchers looked at individuals who use <clears throat> cannabis more than three times a week and compared them to non-users. 
Pain tolerance was measured by submerging participants' arms into ice water. Out. Quote, our results suggest frequent cannabis use did not seem to be associated with elevated sensitivity to experimental pain in a manner that can occur in opioid therapy. Uh, said uh, Michelle St. Pierre, on uh, an MA candidate who worked on the study, uh, this is an important distinction that care providers and patients should consider when selecting options for pain management. 50,042, the number of deaths from opioid overdose, <laughs> see, drug overdoses in the U.S. in 2019 from opiates. There you go. Wow, 50,000, that was just in 2019. So there you have it. Um, so that's their experiment. They're dipping your arms in ice water. Hmm. Okay, let's see. Will your work suffer if you indulge after hours? Will it? In a study of 281 workers, their immediate <coughs> supervisors, researchers from San Diego State University and Auburn University found no more evidence that job performance was compromised the next day by those who use marijuana after clocking out. <laughs> the findings are obviously consequential for scholars and organizations who believe that all cannabis use negatively impacts workplace behavior. One of the study's authors, Jeremy Berner, uh, PhD, said in group and organization management. Uh, Bernard told the journal that marijuana use after work might even be beneficial in helping release job-related stress. Uh, quote, the relaxation induced by cannabis may help employees restore energy spent during the day, and they may subsequently return with more stamina to devote to their job once they are back on the clock. <laughs> Researchers did find using weed before during a shift decreased performance. What? Oh, for some, <laughs> they were probably smoking some serious indica. Love me some kosher kush. I think, um, man, I can I can almost say that that is my most favorite kosher kush. All the weed. Um, all right, let's see what else is going on around here. Okay, getting to know you. Cannabis can be confusing, but here are the can of basics. And this, again, is coming from Sentinel Spotlight, Marijuana Goes Mainstream Magazine. You can find this at your local Walgreens. Giant pot leaf, on, oh, no, it's actually a, a, a giant bud starting to, to come out, which is really pretty. And it says the power of every, uh, CBD, everything you need to know on the cover. So, all right. Here's some little snippets. Drinks and edibles. Cannabinoids such as THC and CBD can be added to foods and beverages and consumed orally. History. The first known written record of cannabis use goes back to Chinese Emperor Shen Nung in 2727 uh, BC. Uh, plant compounds. Chief among the cannabinoids are CBD and THC, but there are others, including CBN, CBG, and THCA. And you'll be able to get your uh, CBN with melatonin at Tumbleweeds Health Center um, very, very soon here, maybe even this week. Uh, that would be really nice. We've got some coming. It's really great. 
uh, it actually made me fall asleep the last three minutes of the Bills games. Uh, <laughs> okay, hemp rope, an, incre an incredibly durable fiber. Hemp is popular in many building materials and famously rope. Yeah, that's right. Rope. All right, when it comes to cannabis, the times are changing. Marijuana dispensaries popping up next to trendy bars and posh neighborhoods, everything from pet shoes to hand creams boasting CBD as an ingredient. Stars like Martha Stewart, Jay-Z, Bella Thorne, touting their own cannabis lines. But with everything that's out there, it's sometimes tricky to weed <laughs> out the basics. Unintended. Here's the 411. Should be to be the 420. <laughs> plants contain protein, good fatty acids, and fiber. You should eat those daily. Uh, CBD, first isolated by Roger Adams in 1942. Cannabidiol has many health benefits. 1942. <gasps> wow, way to go, Roger. Okay. The plant. Let's start with the name game. The terms cannabis, hemp, and marijuana are all used interchangeably in pop culture, but they mean very different things in reality says Brett uh, Gluff, head of digital marketing for Batch by Wisconsin Hemp Scientific. This leads to major misconceptions uh, across most of the general public. The, over, uh, the overarching name for the type of plant is cannabis. If you want to get nor uh, formal, it's cannabis sativa L. Okay. Basically, if you say cannabis when it comes to anything weed-related, you're probably going to be technically correct, but that might not get you what you're looking for. Kind of like saying candy, you know, and being disappointed when someone hands you a peppermint instead of a chocolate truffle. Oh, my God, that's right. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> funny. Okay. <clears throat> Cannabis is then divided into main variants, hemp and marijuana. Here we go. No, wrong timing. Hemp and marijuana. Okay. Um, what happened? Did I miss something? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I did. Hemp. As defined by the United States Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, hemp is the term for a cannabis plant that contains very little THC, less than 0.3% by dry weight. This is important to note as THC is the psychoactive compound that produces intoxicating effects. <clears throat> Hemp is the primary source of non-psychotropic cannabidiol, CBD. This 0.3% threshold is largely regarded as being arbitrary, but essentially uh, is put in place so that people don't get high off hemp, says Gluth. Hemp can also refer to the stock of the plant, stock of the hemp plant, which is used in all manner of building materials, fibers, and textiles. Uh, you've likely seen clothing brands from Levi Jeans to Vivian Westwood's uh, uh, couture dabbling in hemp fabrics. <clears throat> While eco-conscious, durable, and just plain comfy hemp clothes absolutely won't get you high, uh, quote, even though cannabis used for industrial purposes and therapeutic purposes are both called hemp, they still come from very different seeds, says Griffin Lynch, a chemical engineer and co-founder of Batch. For industrial purposes, quote, 
people don't care about the cannabin, uh, cannabinoid levels. They're strictly after the fiber. For therapeutic purposes, growers want seeds that will give uh, high yields of CBD and other cannabinoids, but low THC. For decades, the U.S. government classified hemp as a Schedule One narcotic, which is the most restrictive classification, um, and it means the substance is considerably uh, or is considered highly susceptible to abuse with no therapeutic value. Um, reams of evidence tell a very different story, by the way. And the Agricultural Improvement Act of 2018, uh, 2018, a.k.a. the Farm Bill, reclassified hemp, essentially making it federally legal throughout the country, which is why CBD um, products became ubiquitous over the past few years. Okay, there you have it, hemp, 0.3%. THC or less. Um, okay. <clears throat> marijuana. Marijuana. Uh, pot, hash, dope, devil's lettuce, or the much-feared reefer. There is no shortage of nicknames for the uh, other main variant of the cannabis plant, but technically it's called marijuana. And yes, this is the stuff that contains higher levels of THC and gets you high. Funny because there are people out there going, no, technically it's called cannabis. Okay, I get, okay, okay. Marijuana is bred through seed genetics to have as much THC as possible, says Gluth. Marijuana typically has a THC concentration of between 15 and 17%. It can be even higher, but this is, a, this is rare at the moment. Well, not really, um, because actually there's a lot higher ones out there right now. It's okay. This was probably written, I don't know what. Okay, hopefully recently. Uh, whereas hemp is largely grown outdoors, marijuana is more of an indoor plant, largely cultivated in greenhouses. Well, actually, that trend's uh, <clears throat> that trend's moving outdoors for environmental purposes and for just the whole plant's sake of gathering all the goodness of air and all the rays of the sunshine and the moonshine and the wind and the rain, all that good stuff out there. <clears throat> okay. While hemp was given the green light by the federal government, marijuana hasn't been so lucky. Despite thousands of testimonials touting the benefits of medical marijuana and, of course, of, um, of course, of millions of recreational users, it is still classified as a Schedule One drug <clears throat> and remains federally illegal. <clears throat> you may ask. What about states that have medical marijuana programs or allow adult use cannabis for recreation? Well, even though 48 states have some type of medical marijuana program now, yeah, that's right. Give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Um, <clears throat> the number of adult use states expands with each election cycle. Those are all still technically in violation of federal law. Ooh. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But before you trash your stash, don't do it. It's important to note that Beginning with the Obama administration, federal agencies have made it a policy not to prosecute cannabis-related violations in states that have made cannabis legal. All right. Okay. So, <clears throat> like we said, it's complicated. For more on the legal status of cannabis, see page 18. Okay. Compounds. Let's see where we are. We do want to get the Doug Fine story time hour in, so let's just let's see how long this is. Oh, oh, 
Well, it's going to continue, but um, we'll just read a little bit more, and then we'll um, discover some, some more about information, education. That's what we're all about here. Cannabinoids is another term you've probably heard thrown around a lot. Basically, these are chemicals found in cannabis, says Aaron Riley, CEO of the cannabis testing company Canasafe. There are a bunch. Uh, current counts are over 113. I am sure there's more than we know about at this time. The biggies right now are THC and CBD, but others hold intriguing possibilities. Uh, cannabigerol, CBG, for example, is considered a minor cannabinoid and is currently cost prohibitive to extract. It has shown some of the medicinal properties of THC, but is <clears throat> non-psychotropic, like CBD. Quote, it has been proven to help uh, produce therapeutic effects and help with medical issues such as Crohn's disease and glaucoma, says Jacob Hydra, founder of BudInformer.com, a community of cannabis growers. Terpene, uh, quote, is another weedy word you might be wondering about. Quote, terpenes are organic compounds <clears throat> that produce aroma and flavor, says Riley. Quote, terpenes are obviously present in cannabis. They are also found in many other plants and in some insects. They also have very different effects on the bodies, too. Uh, common terpenes include uh, limonene, found in citrus fruits, pinene, found in pine needles and rosemary, and linalool, found in lavender flowers. Besides their signature smell, terpenes can also work with your body to produce measurable effects, says Gluth. Lavender oil, for example, has been shown to reduce anxiety, and pinene uh, has been shown, uh, has been associated with energizing effects. Very interesting. Uh, different strands of cannabis have different terpenes and can thus produce different results in the body. Um, certain strains of marijuana, for instance, are known to be calming while others can cause paranoia. The entourage effect, quote, is a term for the benefits of having all the compounds of the cannabis plant present in a product. This includes the many cannabinoids, terpenes, and other organic compounds, says Luz. Yeah, so it's very, very, very important um, to understand what you're consuming, whether you're smoking it, eating it, drinking it, bathing in it, whatever you're doing with it, you know, putting your facial creams on, it doesn't matter. How, whatever you're doing, if you, if you already are prone to anxiety, make sure you understand what medicine you're putting in your body because you don't want to put anything in there that's going to cause any more anxiety. <gasps> yeah, I know. Okay. The spectrum, and that brings us to another potential point of confusion, the spectrum. Uh, essentially, this is a measure of what uh, manipulations have been made to the cannabis in any given product. Okay. Full spectrum means that a product includes all the natural compounds found in the hemp plant, explains Glute. Nothing is taken out. Whatever cannabinoids are present in the plant <clears throat> will be found in the full spectrum extract. For CBD, this means that the hemp used may contain that legally allowed 0.3%. Less common in broad spectrum, this refers to a cannabis product that includes most of the natural cannabinoids, but has specifically had all THC removed. Uh, while experts suggest broad spectrum products are not quite as effective, uh, effective as full uh, spectrum products, this alleviates the risk for those looking to avoid even trace amounts of THC in their system. And there are those out there. There are people out there that have certain kinds of jobs that absolutely you cannot have any THC in your system. So it's a broad spectrum 
um, products are for you. You can find all those at Tumbleweed Health Center. Whoop, and uh, finally, isolate products contain only one cannabinoid, mostly CBD, uh, most commonly CBD. Um, an example is the epilepsy treatment Epidiolex, currently the only FDA-approved cannabis-derived drug, which is a pure isolated CBD. For most people, however, um, isolate isn't the best option, according to Glue. These are therapeutically inferior to full-spectrum products due to the entourage effect. Simply put, when consumed together, these compounds create a much greater benefit than when a single compound is consumed um, <clears throat> in isolation. Still can a few? <laughs> we feel you. But one of the best things you could do is get your cannabis from a respected source, says Riley. Quote, your best bet is to buy legal products. Uh, from a reputable store or dispensary and brands, quote. All right, that's true. Um, and you get, you know, you have your choice of uh, so many dispensaries here in Arizona. Uh, and now the rec, rec dispensaries are out. And um, so there's that. There's, you can go recreation now too. But we really encourage keeping your card because uh, it, you get so much more protection legally, which is really just super, super important. Um, also, <clears throat> um, you get more medicine, two and a half ounces every two weeks versus an ounce. Uh, 25% tax in the rec program. Uh, and I don't know why there's two and a half hour wait in lines. I just don't understand, like, did they run out of weed already? <laughs> So, you know, um, I don't know. That seems silly to me. I, I think that's just, that was a media thing. I think they wanted to get on the news with that one. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Wednesday, Wednesday here. Uh, we are loving it. Happy New Year. It's February already. Um, I tried to ask Siri how many days to Christmas, and she did. She just she couldn't even handle it. Hey Siri. That's right. Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. How many days until Christmas? It's 325 days until then. All right. 325 days until Christmas. <laughs> All right. I think it's time for the Doug fight. Story time. All right, kids, here we go. Let's see if we can get this set up right because it's just one of those mornings. Um, And here we go. American hemp farmer adventures and misadventures in the cannabis trade. So let's see how we're doing here. From a bootstrapping entrepreneurial standpoint. Oh, here we go. As most entrepreneurs learn quickly, he said, there are many different plateaus that an enterprise reaches. I don't think we're ever over every hump. People like us have a hungry nature. But the short answer is yes, we're over the hump that we discussed in 2016. As things grow, you start to see other hurdles in front of you, the next plateau, each of which brings its own set of challenges and opportunities. I ask the obvious, what's the next plateau? Jordan and I have had to wear every hat up till now, Ari said. We're the packing guys, salesmen, we're physically making products, doing product development. I've even seen you as chief spokesmodel at trade show booths, I said. 
He laughed, exactly. The next steps are building out teams. We've hired a graphic designer, for instance, which will free us on the marketing side. How many Evo hemp bars get eaten every year now, I asked. We'll sell more than 5 million bars in 2019, Ari said. Besides Whole Foods, now we're in Costco, Kroger, Barnes & Noble, Fresh Market, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Ross. As a result, on the manufacturing side, he continued, our demand has exceeded our supply capabilities here in Boulder. That's a good problem, but we need two extra production facilities for the bars. And now we're moving into other categories like our topical CBD line. With how many farmers does Evo Hemp contract, I asked. Six farmers on 1,400 acres paid $2 per pound for organic in 2018, Ari said. No point dancing around the bottom line. Are you and Jordan getting paid yet, I asked. Yes, Ari said with a chuckle. Not any crazy executive salaries, but we are able to live a sustainable lifestyle in Boulder, which is not a super affordable area. We spent the last bit of our chat commiserating on the, oh well, we entrepreneurs will sleep when we're dead theme. The work is never-ending and taxing on Jordan and me as individuals, Ari said. We have a sort of positive feedback loop with supportive colleagues and family, which helps. Yeah, I love seeing a hemp entrepreneur's social media post from a forest or a beach when I know he's been working hard for a long time, I said. I think, good for you, a little vacay. I don't know what that is, Ari said. Yeah, I thought, and you don't even have kids yet. Chapter 12. Rebirth of the Biomaterials Era. Mm. For a long period of time, there was much speculation and controversy about where all the so-called missing matter in the universe had got to. When eventually tracked down, it turned out to be all the stuff which the equipment to study the problem had been packed in. Douglas Adams, mostly harmless. When the homeschool lessons are done here on the ranch... We sometimes tune into the terrific Canadian TV show, How It's Made. In five-minute chunks, each episode reveals how the sausage is made in the case of everything from marbles to golf clubs to, well, sausage. (laughs) The ball bearings episode got me thinking about another category of hemp applications that might necessitate a few million more acres, the industrial. In particular, the components of the lubricants, glues, epoxies, inks, dyes, and paints that so often frighten me when I learn how they're made. You see, midway through too many episodes of the show, there's this nothing-to-see-here moment where a narrator glosses over a chemical soak or solvent bath stage that causes me as a father to ask, what chemical? What solvent? My kid might put that spoon, matchbox car, packing box, mattress, drone controller in his mouth. And don't even get me started on what my goats might do with it. In the ball bearings episode, the line that disturbed me was, an abrasive stone coats the bearing with thick oil and it goes into a solvent bath. Now, I recognize that gadgets require inputs, and I love writing this book on my trusty old laptop. Even Alexander Graham Bell's telephone relied on vibrations in an acid bath. The key is whether it's citric acid from an organic lime or poisonous hydrochloric acid. I'd like to put forth the proposition that the survival of humanity might depend on feeling good about the explanation for the kind of solvent bath in which our industrial materials spend the night soaking. 
And that's where hemp seed oil and other biomaterials re-enter the picture. Yes, re-enter. For the moment, biomaterials are still considered alternative. For most of history, they were routine. Hemp, like a lot of plants, has been employed in industrial capacities for millennia. Before Whole Foods, Home Depot, and that first Pennsylvania oil strike in 1859, that's all there was. What the soil gave, give or take some whale oil. Feeding our industrial pipeline with regenerative biomaterials is really just a return to the way things have always been. Both hemp seed oil and hemp fiber were, for better or for worse, routine components of European Age of Exploration ship repair. Dutch vessels, upon safely reaching dry dock at Rotterdam, would immediately find their more severe wear and tear cracks stuffed with hemp's long bast fiber. After which, hemp seed oil-based sealant, a chemical bath about which you could feel good, was used to waterproof and saltproof the hull for another arduous journey pillaging Indonesia or Suriname. In my region, folks find arrowheads affixed with pine sap and yucca fiber ready to shoot after 700 years. Hmm. My sketchily glued stereo headphones cushions, by contrast, are warrantied for one year. If the graduate were made today, Mr. McGuire would advise Ben to get into extended service agreements. Yet I've been so well-trained to think that industrial-scale stuff must derive from synthetic sources that any exception still surprises me. Meat tenderizer is made from papaya? Wow, I would have thought some horrible chemical softener. And it seems downright magical to me that I was able to 3D print the plastic goat made from U.S.-grown hemp I mentioned earlier. Not only that, alongside my colleague Andrew Stoll, I helped make the filament that fed the printer. That goat has become sort of my avatar. I never leave home without it. It's fun to hold tangible evidence of an opportunity to merge humanity's carbon mission with its digital trajectory to show how a plant becomes an industry. Hemp seed oil and fiber, plant saps, beeswax, they all work so well. Every now and then I try to imagine the first fellow to say, God's world is too messy. Let's make everything in a lab. Turns out better living through chemistry, a rallying cry of 20th century industry, wasn't a merit-based philosophy. It was a chemical industry-based one. In fact, it originated as a DuPont advertising campaign in 1935, and that might have been fine if all the effluent hadn't been dumped into rivers for 100 years. Patriotic hemp paint. In the 1930s, with the petrochemical era barely two decades old, a testy debate raged among fat cats. Do we keep farmers producing our industrial feedstock, or do we consciously move to creating it in a test tube? For a century, the farmers and the planet have been losing. The DuPonts and Monsantos of the world have been winning. But in the same year that better living through chemistry entered the national lexicon, not everyone was drinking the synthetics Kool-Aid. So effective was hemp as an industrial component that in August of 1935, the director of research for the Sherwin-Williams company, C.D. Holly, got fed up with his problems obtaining it. We know this because he exchanged a series of letters on the subject with cannabis prohibition villain Harry Anslinger 
director of the new Federal Bureau of Narcotics. In them, he argued that dialing back the reefer madness rhetoric would help his company's bottom line. Holly tried repeatedly and with great initial restraint to explain to Anslinger that hemp seed oil was needed in the company's paints. Hemp is an excellent opportunity to supplement Sherwin-Williams paint-drying oils, he wrote in one of his letters. At one point, Holly pointed out that Anslinger's senseless anti-cannabis policies had forced the importation of 54% of the U.S. industrial hemp seed oil supply. Hemp seed, of course, has no psychoactive properties. He even tried out a farmer's first argument on his bureaucratic nemesis. It would seem desirable in every way to give the farmers this opportunity to cultivate hemp for industrial applications and thus eliminate the large and increasing import of hemp seed. That bit of verbal swashbuckling would be funny if it didn't capture the start of cannabis prohibition's acute damage to the economy, especially the rural economy. We've since lost 90% of U.S. farmers. Federal cannabis prohibition began two years after the Holly-Anslinger exchange and continued for 77 years until the passage of the 2014 Farm Bill. Since then, hemp has contributed a conservative $3 billion to the economy based on retail sales reported by Vote Hemp. Unlike Holly, I don't need to argue with Anslinger's bureaucratic descendants. For years, hemp seed oil has been my go-to mechanical lubricant. I just employed it, for instance, to oil my razor in preparation for my very occasional facial pruning and to lubricate my camping stove pump mechanism. My kids and I are concurrently running some tests to see how hemp seed oil performs as a wood weathering treatment versus boiled linseed oil derived from another biomaterial source, flax. This is for the frame supporting our season-long hemp field time-lapse video project. If the hemp seed oil wins out, we'll use it to seal our under-construction treehouse. My sweetheart, as I read her this section, reminds me that she found our raw, unfiltered hemp seed oil a bit gummy as a sewing machine oil. That encourages me to ask one of you ingenious farmer entrepreneurs to cultivate a few million acres of a variety less robusto than the nutritive samurai she was using. Something intentionally clearer, less green, with a more industrial viscosity for uses ranging from motor oil to rocket fuel. Might partly be a matter of processing levels and filtration. Compostable supercapacitors. A word, though, on hemp seed oil as a biofuel. Much as I enjoyed driving in a hemp-powered limo with Bill Althaus while researching hemp-bound, our long-term transportation and energy solutions may well come from hemp fiber rather than hemp seed. Fiber launches us into the post-combustion era when solar-charged electric devices, vehicles, including planes, homes, farms, and the industrial backbone are all running bio-based supercapacitors in their next-generation batteries. Arguably the most exciting hemp app of the past 8,000 years emerged from research done by David Mitlin and his team at the University of Alberta initially in 2014. They found hemp fibers are proving a superior feedstock to synthetic nanomaterials, slightly faster, much cheaper, and unfathomably cleaner. Here's a very basic story on supercapacitors. 
Utilizing sheets of one molecule thick carbon called graphene, these charge and store energy in a different way than the batteries that, if you are reading this prior to say 2022, are in your flashlight, golf cart, or solar battery system. And they do it magnitudes faster. The days of waiting hours for a car or solar powered home to charge are numbered. We're moving to this happening in minutes. The problems are the cost and or non-regenerativeness of early sources of graphene. Stacked sheets of graphene provide the material used for supercapacitors. What Mitlin and his graduate and postdoc students discovered was this. The surface area of the hemp carbon molecule when stacked at the nano level is superior to any other known graphene source. That's because hemp's molecular arrangement has a unique, yes, waffle-like formation. Just as important, the cost of the process to get to nanosheets from the sourced feedstock, hemp fiber, is very low. The structure of the precursor turned out to be ideal for the final product, he told me when we spoke in 2015. The cost came down to a buck a kilo to make from $1,000 for then-existing graphene options. It is comparable with commercial graphene sources for battery applications. It's the same capacitor in a lithium-ion battery, but with a better spin on it. In the end, it helps make a better battery. How on earth did Midland even think to examine hemp for these amazing properties? Well, you have to love it when a study is co-funded by the Canadian Institute for Nanotechnology and the Alberta Livestock and Meat Agency. Hemp was very available in Alberta, Midland said. Provincial funders were looking for fiber applications. <clears throat> Not that he didn't try other biomaterials in his search for superior performance. Evoking Edison, he told me with a smirk, we tried eggshells, even banana peels. Talk about plan B. It's hard to imagine a more vitally disruptive technology. Conventional batteries are an environmental disaster and not just the hundreds of millions of energizers that go into the world's landfills. I can confess this battery quagmire applies even on my green-sounding solar-paneled ranch. The dozen lead-acid golf cart batteries that store the sun's energy for my laptop, for instance, are an embarrassment. Lead mining can be terribly polluting, and the rare earth minerals in our current generation of digital device batteries require both an unacceptable environmental and human rights cost. One could argue that hemp's ideal nanostructure is just another example of humans and the cannabis plant co-evolving. But in this case, I don't know how the plant knew in advance to evolve into that perfect folded pattern at the molecular level, just in case one day its friends, the naked apes, developed supercapacitors. So I'm going with hallelujah. If your family, like mine, wants to at once raise goats and have Netflix and space travel, we have to, as a species, move beyond combustion and into a solar-based society and economy. That means something clean and regenerative has to hold the charge that the sun is giving us for free. Graphene has to become biomaterials-based. Synthetic, mined, or cost-prohibitive graphene sources are off the table. Of course, solar-charged compostable batteries might mean I'll have to start buying farming equipment. Remember the Hana Ranch leading the way on electric farming? I am so ready to tell Aaron I have abandoned my oxen harvest plans in favor of hemp power.
Perhaps most exciting of all for independent hemp farmer entrepreneurs who might be interested in providing feedstock for this kind of technology was Midland's answer to my last question that September day in 2015. We were at a convention in Lexington, Kentucky, and I was fresh from a nearby harvest on a field at the Wendell Berry-affiliated St. Catherine College. I showed him the raw hempen bracelet I'm always wearing for the several months at last following such harvests. It had chunks of both bast and herd on it. I said, would this work for a supercapacitor application? Does it have to be prima donna textile grade fiber? The answer was a definite no. The stuff we took was from a pile the size of a house in a storage bay, Midland said. We put it through washing steps before we worked with it, but it wasn't laboratory-grade material. Someone took a shovel and put it in a bag. That's good news for a coalition of hemp farmers just launching a cooperative. And it was to supercapacitor research that Wild Bill Billings donated his first hemp fiber harvest in 2014. Now, the gap between a great idea and market acceptance can be years. During a transition period from petroleum, sure, liquid hemp power at the pump might be a piece of the puzzle that keeps our millions of acres planted and our legacy fleet of diesel vehicles on the road. And the seed oil will, let us hope, always be lubricating our tools, gears, and axles as Charlie did with our seed drill. But real transportation victory comes when all our cars, trucks, and planes are powered by rechargeable and recyclable hemp-based batteries. You'll know this has happened because while the speed limit will have gone up, life will have gotten much quieter. Hmm. Just as hemp seed oil is now Charlie's and my favorite ranch lubricant, so I'd love to see all our industrial solvents, glues, and binders become plant-based, renewable, and safe once again. I mean, is anyone loyal to the terrifying epoxy polymers currently fusing the parts of their washing machine? How much would you love regenerative duct tape? If you're thinking of starting a company to accomplish some of these goals, you might consider naming it after C.D. Holly. For the regenerative entrepreneur, the health of customers is a key component of the brand. That's one reason I'm paying through the nose for the new run of compostable hemp and hemp labels just to walk the walk. Their non-toxic adhesive in particular feels like a step in the right direction. Think of the sticker glue on nearly every apple you eat. How's it made? It's time to ask. All right. We're going to leave it with that. Um, I, this is weird that the little theme is going through my computer again. Sorry about the uh, noise of the uh, aeroplanes out there. That's crazy. If you can hear that, it feels like the house is going to come down over here. Oh, my. So, anyway, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to We Stay Wednesday. We love being here for you guys. We'll be here next week. Hopefully, Canada's kids will be here, too. Um, let's see. As always, be smart, be safe, and educate. And thanks for tuning in again. Get on down to Tumbleweed Health Center. Uh, tumbleweedhealthcenter.com. Check it out. What's loud? Uh-oh. I don't know what's loud, so maybe we'll turn it down like that. I can't even tell what's loud because, oh, technology. Anyway, oh, airplane. The airplane's loud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was super loud. Maybe it wasn't the music. Anyway, happy <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Bye.